Hello, Steven Universe fans, and welcome back to the AfterBuzz TV Steven Universe After Show. We're looking at episodes 122 and 123 today, and we'll see you after the opening. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Nice pick. Thank you. I feel like we had a few different applications of this song. What with... Do we want to continue wrestling? What do we want our uh, fandoms to do? Do we really want this person here? And we want a consistent airing schedule, but... You, you can't, can't always get, get what you want. I see what you did In the words there. of the great philosopher Mick Jagger, you can't I always see. get what you want. One day, it would be real nice if we could get a consistent There will be a schedule. day when I do super. not throw shade about a Cartoon Network airing schedule. Uh, that day is not today, and tomorrow doesn't look good either. Nope. Welcome back to the AfterBuzz TV Steven Universe After Show. Thank you so much for joining us. The one time a month that we get together and talk about rock people and how wonderful they are and how offensive it is to actually call them rock people. Uh, with me, I have the wonderful Megan Salinas. Hey guys, you can tweet at me at the Mangwin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. And Emma Fife is off on a solo mission tonight. You can tweet her at Emma Fife. That's her name, sold wherever Emma Fife's are sold. She's got like three different spiels. And I am Katie Cullen. You can find me on the Twitters at Kiajet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. We have the hashtag ABTVSU. We will have the live chat up in just a moment. So if you have something to say, if you have any questions or comments, put them in the hashtag, put them in the live chat. You may well get a shout out. Let's, let's talk about these. We have Tiger Philanthropist and we have Room for Ruby. Because one aired the day after our, our after show last month. And then we had another episode and then it was like... Well, we have one announced. We are not talking about Lion 4. I know there was a leak. I know there's a better quality of leak now for some reason. There's still no actual air date announced for it, and neither of us have seen it. So we're not talking about Lion 4. Please keep chat and comments, etc. spoiler-free for people who are choosing not to watch the camera. It will forever be a mystery. It will forever be a mystery. We'll never know what it means. No. Um, honestly, though, these episodes, and I'm sure you and Emma touched on this uh, last time uh, we were all in studio, because um, I missed that one, unfortunately. It's kind of interesting going back to kind of a, an episodic sort of one-shot formula after we got, you know, several arcs kind of all together. Mushed together, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting going back to that. And I think for some people, it's been a little jarring. I'm okay with it, because for the amount of plot that we got, I'm okay slowing back down and getting a couple episodes of, like, hey, we're just going to go back to basics for a little bit before we, we kick into high gear again. However, I think one of the other reasons why people don't have as much tolerance for it is because the airing schedule has been so inconsistent. You wait forever, and then you get a filler episode about wrestling. I think a lot of people were kind of bummed about that. I mean, I... I don't know. I had mixed opinions on Tiger Philanthropist. For one, I do prefer a weekly airing schedule because Stephen Bombs are exhausting. They are, yeah. Usually emotionally exhausting because they're like, here's all these really big episodes. I'm like, oh God, oh God. I'm grateful that our previous one was a Stephen Bomb because I wouldn't have wanted to wait a week between anything. Oh no, but that would have been terrible. Getting a bomb every couple of months is just kind of like you're yanking me around. Can we just? Can we just? No. Okay, fine. As long as they don't do another nuke. Like, golly. That was unreasonable. That was nuts. Yeah, it is either feast or famine with the show. It's it either really too much is. or not nearly enough. And it's so weird. 
But yeah, for Tiger Philanthropist, this we didn't have a huge chunk of time for this one. It's been a chunk of time since it aired because what is airing schedule? But it was still during the normal weekly airing. Both of these were. So for me, it wasn't an issue of waiting for it. It did bookend some things nicely, but I also feel like we're talking about wrestling again a hundred episodes later after not talking about it at all in any capacity, never seeing it mentioned, never having anyone come back. Amethyst showing up as the Purple Puma once or twice in a fight, but like never having her and Steven having just come back from a wrestling match or never having, it's just like... So you feel oh. like this episode would have had a little bit more weight if people talk, if, if like these two characters had talked about wrestling a little bit more, if we see their characters, you know, their personas pop up a little bit more often than we have. In the same way that we handle Connie's training. Like, we don't have to see it every time, but we say, you know, I'll see you tomorrow for training, or I'm sorry I'm late, or this is after a training session. Like, we know that she's still doing it. We don't have to see it on screen all the time, but it's mentioned. It's obviously still happening. It's still a consistent thing in their lives. Wrestling was evidently still a consistent thing in their lives, but... We haven't talked about it in a dog's age. And it does feel yeah. longer because of the airing schedule. I I will... Cons- I, here's the thing. I liked this episode a lot in terms of what it did for... As, as like a character snapshot for both Amethyst and Steven. Yes. I really liked it that way. Um, But that being said, that's a perfectly valid criticism. It's... A lot of the weight is lost when we're only just now being told how much this activity means to Steven in particular. Because um, other, yeah, it's it's kind of like when you know, it's just kind of good storytelling to always show, don't tell. And without having seen how much this means to Steven, we have to be told at some point during the episode. It was our thing when we haven't seen it be their thing for a long time. Yeah, we we saw them bond over it. But if we'd had another wrestling episode, like, in the middle of that 100-episode span where it wasn't mentioned, or again, if we saw them come back from a wrestling match, or if it was, we're going to be late for wrestling, we need to go, just even if it had been mentioned. Or even, like, sporting merch, where it's like, here's a t-shirt with our faces on them. Yeah. Yeah. Just little, little tiny things here and there could have been done to, like, make sure that the audience knows that this is still an activity that they engage in and it's still one that they enjoy and bond over. Yeah, because usually this show is really, really good. About the little details. Yeah, they don't waste anything. And this was like, are they still wrestling? Yeah, they're still wrestling. Well, Amethyst doesn't really need that crutch for her identity anymore, so let's just wrap that up. Yeah, okay. Whereas the rest of us are like, oh my god, we're getting Tiger Millionaire again. It's gonna be great. We missed him. Okay, that occurred. Okay, I guess we'll never have another wrestling episode ever again. Yeah, I'm not sure that was worth the hundred episodes of build-up. I just, I I wanted little bits sprinkled throughout, and then this would have felt a lot more natural. Because with it like this, it's like, hey, you guys remember that they wrestled? Yeah? Now they're done. (laughs) Like... All right. Uh, to be fair, I feel like the wrestling episode was always the the original wrestling episode was always meant to be a one off, and I feel like this again um, is just kind of a follow up to that. And like I said, in terms of a character snapshot, it's less about the wrestling itself and more about Stephen being a people pleaser and really missing this activity that he used to engage in with with Amethyst. You know? True. Um, so. 
I again, I I agree with you wholeheartedly that like there there are ways where this could have been paid off in a lot more emotionally relevant way. However, both at the end of the day, both of these episodes are filler. I'm so the, I'm okay with it though because this is this one was wrapping up a bit in Amethyst plot arc, and I think. I don't think this episode could have come earlier in terms of Amethyst coming to terms with her identity. No, because Because this is where she needs to be right now. Yeah, and her meeting the rest of the Amethysts really helped her out with the, I'm part of a family, I'm part of a group, these are my people. Like, this as a character episode for Amethyst could not have come much earlier in the season. But it still could have been laid out or foreshadowed or just we needed to see a little more wrestling throughout. Yeah. That Long being, story short. That being said, though, what this does for Amethyst's character is really great. Yeah. Because for a good chunk of the series, um, a lot of Amethyst's character is her feelings of self-worth and um, and how she feels, you know, conflicted about having come from Earth and, you know, for a long time she thought the other gems resented her because um, coming from Earth actually, you know, actively hurt the planet, um, you know, given what Homeworld was planning on doing with Earth and everything. And I feel like for a long time, especially being called defective, too. Oh, yeah. Um, that really took a toll on um, on just her, her self-image. And I think you're absolutely right. I think meeting the other Amethysts and seeing how similar she was to all of them made her realize she's not, she's not the bad one. She's not the odd man out. No, this is... It's normal for people from Earth to act like that. Well, and most of the Amethysts, if you look at them, were defective in comparison to Jasper, which is what they were all supposed to look like. Yeah, which was what they were all, what she was comparing herself to because Jasper was quote unquote perfect. The perfect specimen. Yeah. And then she went nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. But, um, so I liked, you know, even you know, like start top of the episode, Amethyst going, I don't need this anymore was actually kind of a very gratifying thing because. Or not not that she said that at the top of the episode, but throughout the episode, her going, I don't need it anymore. It was something I needed for a while, but I'm okay without it now. Like, I think that says that she's come a long way. And the episode is less about Amethyst needing to fill in, you know, gaps in her identity and more about you maybe shouldn't leave your friend hanging. Yeah. Because that came right the heck out of nowhere. She didn't discuss him with Steven. Just, I think I wrote it down. This has been fun, but I'm over it. And then dropping the mic and leaving, which, by the way, please don't ever actually drop a mic. Especially, Mics are expensive. Especially not from that height. Oh, my God. Just just please don't. I like, yeah. that it's, I like that it's become a running gag in a lot of things, that when somebody drops a mic, somebody else is seen like, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> well, we know Mr. Smiley is pretty hard up for money, and this is probably his equipment. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just like, oh. So yeah, that's that's where the problem lo- was, is that like she was still using it as an emotional crutch, and when she didn't need it anymore, just figured it was completely fine to drop it without talking to Steven about it and going, hey, you know, I'm thinking I'm done, or like, I think we need to move on, or like, I'll still do it if you want to do it, but I don't really want to do it anymore. She A conversation not- was needed. Yeah, she may not have really understood what it meant to him. Like, she knew it was her thing, she knew what it meant to her, and it's like, oh, well, it's over and we're cool, without realizing that this was her and Steven's bonding time, essentially. And so just dropping that on him was like, um, I, I, do we not want to do the, I, hmm. 
okay, cool. I guess we're done. And um, I I think it's interesting, too, seeing Steven trying to constantly live up to other people's expectations, too. Uh, because he he doesn't decide for him because it was their thing. He it doesn't even occur to him that he should continue doing it if he likes doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Amethyst drops it and he's like, I guess we're done then. Let's talk about Lars for a little bit <laughs> because <laughs> you can kind of see this on occasion when a series runs long enough. You can kind of see <coughs> when the creator and showrunners and everyone kind of stops. She looks at the camera like they're in the office and stares at the fans and goes, you, you need to watch this. You don't know what you want. Because this was very much being like, oh, look, fans have no idea what they actually want. And they're very dissatisfied with things they get. And I'm looking at this going, yeah, yeah, they are absolutely in touch with their fandom and their fandom's activities. There's uh, there's an yeah. episode of, not to, not to always bring it back to this, but there's an episode of The Simpsons where oh, they yeah. do an itchy and scratchy focus group because the, the show is losing ratings. So the producers are trying to figure out why it's not working. And so they, they get a focus group together. And of course, the kids love everything that's on. And after a while, like, the producer just loses it. He's like, and, like, he turns on the light for the double-sided mirror, and he's like, you kids don't know what you want because you're dumb kids. This was the Poochie episode, wasn't it? Yes, it was. (laughs) Bless. Yeah, no, this this was a little like that. And I love continually Lars just having no idea that it's Steven or just cognitively refusing to accept it like yeah. having to maintain that level of cognitive dissonance because this kid that he looks down on cannot be this wrestler that he looks up to which in in a weird case like literally in his mind tiger millionaire is seven, seven feet, feet tall, tall and ripped God bless Sadie. It's him, right? Why don't you just ask Steven? Why would I ask Steven? (laughs) He is either... (laughs) From the booth! And Steven! And Peggy. But yeah, yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where he either knows it's Steven but can't publicly acknowledge it, or he is a special... He's in a special layer of denial. Like, yeah, it's, it's... really funny but I also like the acknowledgement of like I don't even know what I want for breakfast guys I I am a complex individual I wrote it down I wrote I'm a complex individual teenage boy now get out of here and stop taking such an interest in my personal happiness and well-being (laughs) that is the most self-aware thing I think he has ever said I think it's literally the best thing he's ever said it's so good yeah, that that was like I nobody likes Lars as a character, but if they give him more lines like that, I'm like, yeah, you no, know, I'm okay with you being here. Keep 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 giving us lines like that. That's great. Well, Lars is kind of the jerky teen, and that's that's who he is inside and out. And you know, there's kind there's maybe some part of gold in there, a little bit, kind of. Maybe it's just guilted a bit. But there's still something in there. He's not this flat 80s stereotype. Well, I think he's very endearing. One, when he's actually being nice to Sadie. I think he's really endearing, too, when you actually see him really excited to see Tiger Oh, yeah. I think one of the few times, like, in the early episodes of Steven Universe he was tolerable was the wrestling episode because he was just so invested in it. 
And like, and you see that here too at the very end when they decide to go out with a bang. He he's immediately drawn back in. He's like, no, it can't end this way. <laughs> to the point where he has to be escorted out of the out of the arena. I have to say, I loved. It's like the sequel no one asked for. It's the sequel you asked for. <laughs> That's why focus groups are a bad idea, guys. Yeah, just no. tell the story that that's in your heart. They're just yeah, they're they're stories of people in animation going, "Don't ever go to the focus groups. Just don't ever go. It'll mess you up, and nothing good ever comes of it." Just yep, do the thing. Steer clear of the focus groups. Steer clear of the focus groups because yeah, ain't no one knows what they want. <laughs> you. Yep, yep. Fans don't know what they want. Yeah, but which, that doesn't stop them from expressing dissatisfaction with things they didn't know they wanted, well, didn't know they didn't want. This is a little bit of us call, you know, we're we're the pot calling the kettle black right here because yeah. we are fans and there are times where we are very uh, just the fact that we're sitting here, we are very critical about all of the media that we consume for by the sheer purpose of we we get to sit down and talk about it at this fancy desk with these fun mics. Um, we have a platform. Yeah, exactly. Boom. So um so yeah, we 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 definitely take a very critical look at all basically everything we consume. Um but at the same time, like we also acknowledge the good stuff too but there are definitely days where we're like i don't know how i feel about this episode um feel that a little bit now actually talking about this wrestling one that being i feel like there's a difference between you know i feel like this could have been better and i feel like this could have and i didn't like it you didn't do what i wanted yeah there's definitely that i have i've been neck deep in sinking in other fandoms that are having trouble with that you know, for anybody who is a content creator or a storyteller, you do every now and then you have to step back and go, everyone's a critic. Mm-hmm. Yep. You will never be able to please everyone. Which is a lesson I think Steven needed to learn here. Yeah. Because he was trying so hard to to please the reason he started doing this was to please Amethyst. And then the reason and then he kinda got left in the lurch. And then he started doing it to please Lars, even though Lars didn't didn't know what he wanted. Just didn't knew exactly. what he didn't so, want. Kind of. There's a there's a little nugget you can take away from there of like there's a t- it's good to help people out, but every now and then you need to step back and go. Nah. You can't help everybody, you know. You can't please everybody. Well, and going out theatrically was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and just sure. all of the different people showing up. He's not even in the match. And I I even I really liked too the the fellow wrestler acknowledgement of like. Just the the finish it and the what were what were they called the good looking yeah boys? it was like the something, attractive brothers or something I, something like that um, but like just they nodded and acknowledged that oh okay yeah the, we're we're ending it they're going out on a high note I mean it's a show exactly so I, I appreciated that and I mean neither of us are really into professional wrestling so I'm sure that there are jokes here that both of us just kind of. yeah for sure although I know a lot of people who love wrestling. Like, um, people oh, who yeah. I never would have thought would, like, be into it get really into it. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. It's a show with a fandom like anything else. Yeah. Um, like I said, the, I think the I did have, like, a very strong visceral emotional reaction when Amethyst uh, gave him a hug, though, and said, you can't just yeah. give away our memories. Like, that was great. And her realizing that, oh, yeah, I kind of, this was an issue. Just like, oh, I didn't realize this was a conversation that needed to be had. 
okay. And she did her best to make it right, which, yeah. again, I, I think is a great snapshot of where they both are at right now. Yeah. In and how way, much they both mean to one another because they they bond over their mutual self-loathing. So it's nice to see something positive. Oh, God. that That's hard to watch sometimes. It really is. But it's it got a lot better for this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I think is there any other opinions on this? Anything else you want to say? Um... No, just stay away from the focus groups, and it kind of makes me want to watch some wrestling. Stay away from the focus groups. So, move on to Room for Ruby. Oh, good God! Watching this episode once you know the twist, it's like you—it's like watching uh, season twelve of Red vs. Blue all over again. Knowing, I—I will say that it's kind of easy to see the twist coming. I, I will say that, like, depending on how you're watching this show, you could either take what Ruby's doing in this episode at face value, or you could immediately look at it with a suspicious eye and go, mm, yeah, I don't trust her. She's too nice. She just, God. Like, did you really <laughs> not suspect anything? No, I didn't. Really? Really? You didn't suspect a single thing? No. The moral of the story is don't trust nobody. How did you not, like, suspect that she was up to something, at least at some point? We just, I walked into this like, holy cow, she's really enthused. But this is the kind of show that would have someone who was that enthused about Everything. So, no, I didn't put it by her because that was her personality trait among the rubies. She was never terribly fleshed out, and it's not the weirdest way that we've ever adopted a crystal gem. Let's be real. I We kept Peridot in Steven's bathroom for months. I I was looking at it like where I'm like, I'm not sure where this is going. But the second she started really laying it on thick, about the time where Lapis was starting to lose patience with it, that's where I was like, no, she's totally evil. She's totally playing them. Like, the, the, the moment, especially when she's like, oh, what's dirt? Oh, I love the dirt, and starts literally rolling around in it. I'm like... Shh, this is an act. This is 100% an act. See, and I was watching it going, oh, this is going to be a Lapis episode. Okay. <laughs> I'm down. The, uh, I'm interested. Well, Let's it's do this. funny if you just kind of, because um, every now and then I'll, I'll throw on an episode of something as background noise while I'm doing something else. So I listened to this episode again earlier today, and there are definitely parts where you can hear uh, the voice actress smiling through gritted teeth to deliver her lines. You guys are the greatest! You know, that sort of thing, where it's like, oh yeah, you can really hear it once you know what to listen for. Yeah, it's just, wow, it was a lot of fun to watch the second time and be like, talk about committing to the bit. Yeah. And then the only reason that she did it was because she's a complete sociopath. Oh, Holy that was cow. so beautiful, though. Just the, um, there, yeah. We don't get very many, like, mustache twirly, mwahaha villain moments in Steven Universe because. Very rarely do people ever do that just there's no need to everyone has a goal and often their goals conflict with our heroes there's not a lot of i'm evil because i can well (laughs) and a lot of the quote-unquote villains get a lot of depth or redemption arcs like uh we kept peridot we kept peridot and even though jasper was like the closest thing i think we got to straight up antagonist like you really felt for her towards the end and i mean you felt for blue diamond despite the fact that She's a diamond. And well, things and occurred. even yellow diamond. Like at the end of that song, yes. you're like, "Ooh, whoo, boy, howdy, feelings." 
So just <laughs> just to hear someone take such delight in having deliberately deceived um, and, you know, emotionally uh, hurt somebody. But then I wouldn't have gotten to see the look on your face when you realized you'd been tricked by your favorite movie. <laughs> but, yeah! but the other thing to keep in mind is they launched her into the vacuum of space, hit her with a spaceship at one point, and, like... From the in, her introduction in this episode, you should know that she is infuriated because she fell through the atmosphere. Screaming. Screaming <laughs> at the top of her lungs because that can't feel good. I just love the shooting stars bit. Just, what did you wish for? It's all the cute little moments. Oh, I just like, love it. The, Close the your adorable- eyes. All of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Garnet and Steven moments are just absolutely probably the cutest things that like ever pop up in the show like tiny hands my only weakness like they're either tiny and adorable or they're absolutely heartbreaking yeah there's not a lot of in between and yeah uh, this was definitely adorable it was so cute. And I, I really like Steven using, um, you know, the the justification he uses for giving Ruby a chance, or Navy, I guess, a chance. Because he's like, you told me a story once about a Ruby falling to Earth and learning to love it, and, you know, sounds kind of familiar. And I think at that point, Navy knew that all she needed to do was convince Steven, because Steven would convince everybody else. Well, I think that's something that she would just, generally speaking, have observed through their various interactions. True. It doesn't take a genius to figure out where the heart of the group lies and how easily he can sway the other gems. Yeah. (laughs) Just this little sociopath, I swear to God. She's a monster! And then taking her out to the farm with uh, (coughs) Lapis and Peridot and just like, can, can you show her the ropes? Can you... All of that was amazing. What's it mean to be an earthling? No one knows! <laughs> like, bless you. She, Peridot's just so enthusiastic. Now that she doesn't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. she's nuts. Well, and it's great. She's been enjoying her freedom, and I, you know, living as Lapis's roommate has also given her a constant companion, uh, and you know, being there with Pumpkin as well. The yeah, Peridot has grown accustomed to her life on Earth, and is really, you know, in her own way, is very enthusiastic about everything because she's discovered she has powers, she has friends, you know, things that she never had on Homeworld. Well, and she, they're absolutely an odd couple. Yeah. And sometimes those crash and burn and sometimes those work out extremely well. And this is working out extremely well. And it's just, I would watch an episode of just the two of them puttering around the barn. Yeah, absolutely. And and even just that that opening shot with them of just Peridot pointing to the sun and going, now there's a star you can wish on. It's like, oh, oh, that's adorable. They were stargazing and just chatting the night away. Parallelism. Oh, so cute. Um, and yeah, I, I really like that. And I think also Peridot is really open to the idea of, you know, bringing in new people and showing them how great Earth is because, you know, Steven took that chance with her. Yeah. And so I feel like she's very accepting of that idea of like, oh, if Steven says this person's cool, okay, yeah, it took me a while to come around. So yeah, I'll, I'll get this person up to speed. Well, and the temple is the crystal gems who were in it to win it with Rose. 
And the barn is the Crystal Gems who started off on Earth just hissing and spitting and utterly furious and kind of just had to take had their to time and come to it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, um, but Lapis is like my spirit animal in this episode. Like, I really felt for her this entire time. Why is it so easy for her when it took me so long? I'm like, well, you were deeply traumatized for a couple of millennia. You know, no big deal, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Well, and yeah, so she had to get over a lot of feelings of resentment, and it's a daily struggle. And so to see somebody else just plop right in and feel, quote-unquote, feel right at home and be able to make friends with everybody and just be hunky-dory and okay with everything, like the world is made of rainbows and lollipops, like, yeah, I'd I'd get annoyed by that really quickly, too. But she's also, besides Garnet, the only one that looks at this with any possible hint of suspicion. She's like, this makes no sense. Well, and it's fun to consider this episode from Garnet's point of view, because she has future vision and she has all the possibilities. Mm -hmm. So somewhere there was a possibility that they managed to keep Navy. Yeah. No, because she had both balloons. Somewhere in the multiverse, I'm sure, yeah. It worked out well, and actually Navy did come around. And we had a week and some change of episodes of getting to know her and her getting used to Earth, and I was trying to deceive you at first, and oh, my fellow rubies are out there. Like, we we had a full-on arc there, but nope, not so much. Nope. I love Garnet popping the Mylar balloon. That is so hard to do. <laughs> well, it was worth a shot. And I like the idea, too, that even though this didn't work out, it was still worth Try it was still worth giving this person a chance. The yeah. thing is, is like, yes, she deserved a chance, but maybe just don't blindly accept her. Maybe keep her at arm's distance and maybe look at things with a little bit more scrutiny. Well, it's like every time we have a new crystal gem, it's learning those types of lessons. You can't fix things immediately. Some people don't deserve your trust. If they continue to break it and break it and break it and break it, some, sometimes you just need to let it go, which thankfully turned out not to be the case with Peridot. I'm so glad that we kept her. She's, me too. She, she's, she's my fave. I love her. <laughs> this reminds me of the last time you assaulted me. She's my favorite crystal gem. She's such an angry little Dorito. I love she's it. adorable. She is. And then this one was, don't blindly trust people. Yeah. Which is, you know, good life lessons. Moral here, don't trust nobody with nothing. I don't think that's what they were going for. Well, I... Uh, <laughs> just saying. I, I think we should all be a little bit more like Lapis here. She's like, I knew it. Nobody's that well adjusted. I love how happy she was about that. Like, well, we just lost our only spaceship and someone is flying back off to Homeworld to tell them where we are and the fact that we're all kind of here and thriving, which I don't think anyone else has made it back to Homeworld with that information. Well, I mean, Holly Blue knows it, and so do all the Amethysts, but they're not exactly going to be rushing to tell, you know, Yellow Diamond yeah. anytime soon. And I, th- I don't know how far Lapis got into it before Homeworld just kind of turned around and went, okay, fine, you go investigate, take the ship, whatever. But this is this is a ruby going to pick up other rubies and probably going straight back to Homeworld. So this... I wouldn't consider this a filler episode because no, this, we have yeah. the lesson and we have something that 
is going to come back in spades. No, this episode how, has ramifications. No, earlier when I said both of these are filler episodes, no, I meant both wrestling episodes. Oh. No. Her, this her, is I'm absolutely not filler. No. 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 Uh, and now that she has the ship, she's probably going to go and pick up the other rubies, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, eyeball's not going to be happy. Oh, man. Like you tried Ooh. to stab him in space. How was this not an issue? Well, to gems, he just would have gone poof. <laughs> I actually think a gem probably would have freaked out a little bit if that had happened, and then like he didn't poof, and they would have been like, uh, uh, humans are squishy and filled with all sorts of things. What do I do? It's like, oh, this was uh, this was not as intended. Where I, was the mm. poof? Where'd the poof go? There should have been a big poof. There should have been a poof. <laughs> An earth-shattering poof. <laughs> Where's the kaboom? That's what I was going for. Yep. Uh, yeah, do we have anything else to say about this, aside from unbridled just, enthusiasm is terrifying? Just that, again, both of these episodes were really good character snapshots of where everybody's at. Um, you know, Peridot is happy where she is. She's very content. Lapis, it's still a little bit of a struggle, but for the most part, she's doing really well, too. Like, they're both adjusting really well, and I think being together and being friends has been really good for them, and I think we really get that in this episode. And it's, I guess another thing is don't compare yourself to someone else. Yeah. Like, you have the behind the scenes of your life. You have the highlight reel of everyone else's, especially with a lot of social media, a lot of Facebook. You post all the really good things that happen, and no one sees you be like, oh, God, my alarm's going off. I don't want to go out. I don't want to get out of bed. This is going to be hard. Like, no one sees the rough stuff you go through because, well, you're not supposed to talk about that. So it's so easy to compare yourself to someone who's like, they're doing really well at this. What? What? Yeah, don't get frustrated um, if somebody else takes to something a lot quicker than you do. And uh, also, don't trust the nice ones. They're they're all secretly sociopaths. <laughs> don't trust nobody with nothing. Oh, that explains why we work so well together. Don't trust the nice ones? Yeah, no. <laughs> Oh. All right. Um, I think we have news and gossip. I just received a link, so I'm going to take a look at that real fast. In the meantime, would you mind pulling up iTunes? Uh, okay. Yeah, it'll take I a I guess moment. I'm doing so we're that. we're going to talk about iTunes for a moment. Thank you guys so much to everyone who goes on to iTunes, who subscribes to the podcast, who rates us five stars, who leaves us nice comments. We adore you. And that is actually how we stay on the air as an after show, because, you know, we have an inconsistent airing schedule, and... Months without episodes of Steven Universe means months without a Steven Universe after show. And when you go onto iTunes, when you leave those ratings, when you leave those reviews, you, um, you, wow, words, good. You increase our ratings in the iTunes store for one. So when people go searching for Steven Universe, we show up a little closer to the top. And our producers take a look at those reviews and say, people really like this show, despite its very odd, inconsistent scheduling. We should keep them. And then we get to come back here and talk more about Steven Universe. And, of course, when y'all do that, you get a shout-out on the show. Uh, when was the last time we were in studio? Last month. Uh, there are some reviews from February 15th and 20th, and then there's one from April 3rd. 
Probably that one. April 3rd. Okay. The best Steven Universe podcast. Five stars by established. I spent a long time finding a Steven Universe podcast that felt right. I am extremely happy that this podcast is hosted by three women whose perspectives on the themes and content of the show have been consistently entertaining and spot on. I hope this podcast lives on through the whole run of the show as it has become an essential part of the Steven Universe experience for me. Aw, thank you. Oh, you're wonderful. That is so Aww. sweet. Aww. An essential part of someone else's experience. Aw. It's you like guys. being part, It's like being part of this balanced breakfast, but not with false advertising. Aw. We love you guys. You guys are so kind. Seriously, thank you so much. It really, really helps us out as a show when you do that. And if you leave an iTunes review that is not in the American iTunes store, if it is in an iTunes store for a different country, or if it is in the podcast section of Google Play, uh, please screen cap those reviews and put them in the hashtag on Twitter, ABTVSU. We do still want to see those. We do still love those. They're just a little more difficult for us to track down because it turns out there's about four dozen iTunes stores and checking them all is uh, an undertaking. All right. I think my news and gossip is a little old. Oh, We've been what did it say? Renewed for season five. Is this season five? Uh, I think I think technically we're in season four? Question mark? You are asking the wrong person, sadly. I mean, we're renewed for season five, but I don't know when that starts. No <laughs> if chat idea. wants to help us out with that, there's, there's a reason we go by episode numbers. <coughs> Knowing when seasons begin and end is not always the easiest endeavor. Yeah, I feel like it was very interesting to have, like during the Stephen Nuke, to have, what was it, season three end? The season, season three four? finale in the middle okay, of like so yeah, three seasons. Season, so we're in season four. Are we? Yes. For sure. Yes. Well, we have season five coming down the pipeline. Okay, cool. Awesome. But That's the article with that confirmed was dated last year. Who's like, oh, animation pipelines take a long time, guys. It came out on my birthday. My birthday's not for a month. Oh, 2016. <laughs> yeah. I'm real good at life. Animation but, uh, pipelines take a long time. Season five confirmed. <laughs> so, do we want to wander into predictions or do we want to try to stay out um, of spoiler territory? Well, I mean, we haven't seen the leaked we episode. Seen so, yeah, we can go into predictions. And now, you're after Predictions. And a light show. I think it's fair to say, because the next episode is called Lion 4, alternate ending, right? Yeah. I feel like it's a safe assumption to say that it has something to do with Steven finding out more information about Rose, because that's what every Lion episode has been about. It's always been about Steven and him finding out more and more about his mother. Okay, yeah. Honestly, that's probably going to be it. And this is the point where I say uh, chat and comments we haven't watched it yet, and we may not watch it until it airs officially. The jury's, you know, out on that, but, you know, support the official airing of the show so we can continue to get more seasons. Please support the official Please release. support the official release. Yeah. And then get your videos taken off of YouTube. Um, Team Four Star had a bad day yesterday. Aww. Anyway... But um, but yeah, we so, haven't seen it, so please keep things spoiler free. No spoilers for Lion Four in the comments or anything. We're not discussing it yet. Well, here's the thing. So yeah, he's gonna learn something else about his mom. The last time we saw Rose was when he went into her room, and it wasn't. 
It was a nice encounter up until, you know, it got dark and Stephen had to confront a lot of things that had been weighing on his conscience about his mom locking bismuth away, about shattering Pink Diamond, about constantly lying about everything. So this is going to be the first time we're getting more Rose stuff since he's kind of had to come to terms with at least some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Having to acknowledge that Rose isn't perfect, but at the end of the day, did love him, his dad, and the Crystal Gems very much. So I'd I'd love to see more Rose. I don't know what other format we're going to use. I mean, I'm guessing some form of video because Lion's episodes, always video, always Rose. Um... Further from that, I have no idea. We've learned about Rose from Greg's flashbacks and Greg's storytelling, but he doesn't know everything about the war. The no. rest of the gems don't know everything about Rose. I, yeah, she, she kept lots of secrets. There's so many different pieces of information in so many different places with so many different people that this is just this crazy, series-long scavenger hunt. And it's driving me crazy, but I love it. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. There is a theory going around that Lion is actually what is left of Pink Diamond. Mm. I don't know whether or not that's a valid theory, but it is a theory that's out there. Um, So yeah, I just thought I'd point that out. I wonder about that, though, because we had the episode with the journal where we kind of saw things through flashback. And there were and more than one lion. more than one lion. And was, like, lion there, or were any of them? They, were, they all looked like normal lions, but... It's because it's taking place in the imagination of these two kids who are imagining their point of reference, and it didn't specify in the journal whether or not the lions had any particular shade to them. You you would think that if the journal, that if he'd noticed pink lions, he would have said something, because this is a little out of the ordinary. Well, he was also in the desert and very dehydrated. Yeah, possibly hallucinating. That that is a thing that could be. So, yeah. But yeah, at one point... She had more than one lion, so yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I feel like she just kind of adopted a pride of lions. <laughs> These are mine now, and they love me. Gems. They were like, sure. Well, Crystal Gems, I had to get a pet, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, we just kind of have baseless theories and trying to avoid spoilers. Well, t- talking about like bigger arc stuff. Obviously, yeah. the diamonds are going to be coming back oh, at yeah. some point. Um, to round up as many humans as they can um, because they still think the cluster is coming. And when they do, they're either going to round up a lot of people and then leave and we're going to have to go and like try to confront them in space again or on Homeworld. Or they're going to pop the bubble. Or, yeah, they're going to pop the bubble or they're going to realize that, hey, the cluster isn't working. Let's just destroy the Earth right now while we're here and while we have a fleet. Either way, as well gonna be fun and interesting and i'm kind of looking at that being season finale territory if not next season territory because they have a habit of throwing it's like here's a big chunk of plot and we're gonna chill for a while we're gonna chill for a very long while and now here's more plot so that very long while could well be well into next season and because depending on when the, the show comes back, well into next year. Yeah. Or the, the year after. Who knows? The year after that. The year, year after, after that. that. <laughs> and, you know, the gem sense of time is very different from the human sense of time. We'll get there in 80 Earth years. My dad won't survive that. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, that's all I got. That's all I got. And that's all I have. So, 
Where can the people find you? Well, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz, and I write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. You can follow Emma Fife at her name E M M A F Y F F E. Those are all F's as in Frank, not S's as in any other names that use S. You can follow her at that anywhere Emma Fife's are sold. At some point, I will memorize what she does word for word. I do have yours down. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me on all the social medias at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Uh, there's a YouTube channel of that same name. Arrow is on break until two weeks from now because they like their spring breaks. Samurai Jack is at 8 p.m. on Sundays. Life is good. And, and Attack on Titan Season 2. <laughs> Starts at 8 p.m. on Monday night, so tune yes, in for that. It does. Also, I am a regular on Geek and Sundries. Gather your party Friday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific. That is twitch.tv slash geek and sundry. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we will let you know on Twitter when our next show is, but assume that we start after new episodes start. So until then, thanks for watching, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.